Isaiah chapter 16 and verse 7, Therefore shall Moab howl for Moab. Everyone shall howl for the foundations of whatever this place is, shall ye mourn. Surely they are stricken, for the fields of Heshbon languish. The vine of Sibma, the lords of the heathen, have broken down the principal plants thereof. They are come even unto Jazer. They wandered through the wilderness. Her branches are stretched out. They are gone over the sea. Therefore, I will be well with the weeping of Jazer, the vine of Sibma. I will water thee with my tears, O Heshbon and Elalah, for the shouting for thy summer fruits and for thy harvest is fallen. And gladness is taken away and joy out of the plentiful field. And in the vineyards there shall be no singing, neither shall there be shouting. The traders shall tread out no wine in their presses. I have made their vintage shouting to cease. A little phrase jumped out at me that I want to speak to this morning. It's in verse 9 where the scripture says, for, the, for thy harvest is fallen. I want to speak to you just for the next few minutes on the subject, the fallen harvest. The fallen harvest. We are independent, fundamental, old paths, Baptist. Let me try that one more time. We are independent, fundamental, old paths, Baptist, and we do say amen. I'm afraid that we've allowed the liberals to kind of shame us in this area, and it's about time we get back to doing what we're supposed to do. And that is keeping somebody out of hell. Father, bless these next few minutes. Lord, I don't know of anything that's dear to your heart than this subject. I think back home, 1.3 million souls that need to get saved. I think of the great Jacksonville area. Religious people put their souls on the way to hell. God, I pray that you can just kind of refocus us a little bit this morning on why we do everything that we do. Lord, allow me to be a mouthpiece for thee. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. A sad statement is made in verse 9 when the scripture says, For thy harvest is fallen. When God says thy harvest is fallen, what does, what does it mean? As is always the case, I think that the scriptures is always the best definition on the scriptures. I go to Jeremiah chapter 8 and verse 20, and I believe that I find the answer to my question in Jeremiah chapter 8 and verse 20 when the scripture says the harvest is past. The summer is ended, and we are not saved. It's sad when the harvest is over, but the fruit has been lost. When I was a boy, about 10 years ago, when I was a boy, I picked strawberries out in California. I, was, we grew, I spent most of my life out in the state of California. 13 years of age, I started working at, in, the, in the strawberry fields and Work from 7 in the morning till 5 at night. And by the way, that'll keep a lot of teenagers out of, out of trouble. 
The worst thing that ever happened to America is the work permit for teenagers. Teenagers need to get out there and work and get the energy out and they won't get in trouble. I can tell you that right now. But we'd get out there in the strawberry fields and I'd begin to pick strawberries and it was always amazing to me. We never had enough people to get to the harvest. We'd pick and I'd pick 10 hours a day, bent over trying to get those strawberries and, and the fields would be filled with migrant workers as we're trying to get the harvest of the strawberries, but it never failed. Brother, Brother Neil, never failed. We could never get to the whole harvest before it fell. I look at that and sadly the harvest in our independent fundamental world continues to fall. You see, the Lord sent the church to reach the harvest. Listen to me very carefully. John chapter 4, verse 38, the scripture says, I sent you to reap that wherein ye bestowed no labor, other men labored, and ye are entered into their labors. The Lord sent the church to reach the harvest, but sadly, the church doesn't seem to be concerned with reaching the harvest. The problem is not that there is no harvest. Listen to me carefully. The problem is that there are no laborers. There's not enough laborers to get out into the harvest to reach that harvest. It's never a problem of trying to see somebody saved. It's always a problem of trying to get God's people to get out there and find someone who's lost and show them how they can go to heaven. That's the problem today. God says in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 38, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers. Where? Into his harvest. Get this. God did not say, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth community involvement. Come on now. God didn't say, pray you therefore the Lord of the harvest that we gather a bunch of people and go um, gather trash down the highway so we can have a good name in the community. God didn't say, pray you therefore the Lord of the harvest that you send forth laborers so we can get involved in politics. Somebody can say amen right there. You listen to me. I get tired of these independent fundamental Baptists getting involved in politics. We've seen that song and dance back when Jerry Falwell was around, and it's going back the same way. People say, well, well, you don't understand. We've got to get right people elected. Why don't you go out and keep somebody out of hell? Hey, that's the best way to change this nation. He didn't say, pray you therefore the Lord of the harvest. That he sent forth laborers into his rock concert. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers to go mow the lawns for the elderly. And I'm not against that. God's heart has always been so winning. God's heart has always been trying to reach the lost for Jesus Christ. You see, God says, pray you therefore the Lord of the harvest that he'd send forth laborers into his harvest. People ask me all the time, now that I'm pastor, Brother Donnelly, what's your biggest need? I said, I need laborers. I've got 1.3. I'm not trying to start a bunch of ministries. I just figured that Sunday school works, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and going soul winning about three times a week in our church. I figured that's what I need. And let me tell you something, my biggest need is laborers. My biggest need is for God's people to get involved. And what's sad to me is I look around America, and I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm afraid that many preachers aren't the labor that they talk about behind the pulpit. Amen, Brother Domling. 
I'm this close to in my church. I've been telling Brother Gray, I haven't pulled the trigger yet on this one. But any preacher that wants to come preach in my church the week before they come, I'll be calling them up. Say, have you been sowing in the past week? Come on now. It's amazing they can tweet and they can post on Facebook about everything else, but they never talk about somebody getting saved. It's easy to say, man, about being a soul winner, but somewhere God's people got to get out and go reach the lost for Jesus Christ. You mean to tell me in the Jacksonville area we can't find one person who's on their way to hell and tell them how to get saved? When I look at this truth here, I find that there are several results of a fallen harvest. Let me just kind of get through it quickly so Brother Arthur can get up and preach. The scripture, the first thing I find out that a fallen harvest results in sadness and lack of joy. Look at verse 10. And gladness is what? Taken away. And joy out of the what? Plentiful field. Listen to me. Nothing will bring joy to your Christian life like going and keeping somebody out of hell. Nothing. Nothing. I've got young, I, listen, I've got young converts in my church going soul winning now. Going soul winning. Some of my greatest soul winners right now are my young converts. Had a 72-year-old business lady in my church out knocking on doors this past Saturday and not complaining about it one time. A couple weeks ago, I had two 83-year-olds out knocking on doors telling somebody how to go to heaven. Let me tell you something. Some of you young bucks out there, what's your, what's your excuse? Hey, you want to put a smile back in your face? Go so win it. There's nothing like leading someone to Christ and all of a sudden you come back, whoo, boy, this is good. My, 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 my church treasure, I, I started, when, before I came, he says, I don't ever want to go sowing with another preacher again. That's what he said. I didn't know he had said that. One Saturday I said, hey, Brother Davidson, why don't you come with me go sowing? You know, what's he going to say? The preacher just asked. We get in the car, we go out. I mean, I'm driving down the road. All of a sudden, I see a guy out in the yard. Boop, stop right there in the middle of the street. Back up. He goes, what you doing? I said, there's a soul right there. We backed up. I pulled up. I met this young man by the name of Jerron. Jerron got saved. He's been coming to church every Sunday since that time. He, my, my deacon's like, man, this is great. He knows now. You just better buckle up because Domini may stop on a dime. You say, why? Hey, let me tell you something. It brings joy and gladness. You want to get a grump happy? Take them soul winning. Just take them soul winning. Hey, before the next deacon's meeting, just take your deacon soul winning. Come on now. You see, a believer who never sees someone say it is a believer who's out there criticizing and trying to critique everybody. Let me tell you something. I'm saying right now, you want to get some joy inside of your church, you go out so winning and some joy will get inside of your church. I took over my church five months ago. I became, became full-time pastor about five months ago. Running 70 in Sunday school, about 105 or 110 maybe in the morning service. 
No one being saved, few people being baptized, or people getting saved, but no one getting baptized. In five months, God's been good. Five months, just past Sunday, of course, we're in a campaign, had 183, 183 in Sunday school, 217 in morning service, 17 people saved, seven people baptized. My people are sitting there like, what in the world is going on? And they're excited. I said a fallen harvest results in sadness and lack of joy. Second, fallen harvest results in no singing. Hey, look at verse 10. And in the vineyards there shall be no what? Singing. You want to get a, you want to get, get, get a song in your heart? Let me tell you, go sing, go, go, go soul in it. Hey, your song leader needs to be drowned out. Somebody needs to go soul winning so he can get drowned out while he's leading the singing. Come on now. Well, I just don't like singing. You will when you go so winning. There's something about the joy that God places inside of your heart that all of a sudden you start going so winning and starts putting that whistle back in your mouth and starts putting a song back inside of your heart. And listen to me, we don't have to come up and manufacture it with a bunch of singing. It just comes out. Yeah. You'll find that the Churches that have the most sincere singing are the churches that are soul-winning churches. We don't have to have a rock concert to give people a feeling. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit of God's already moved in them as they were out there soul-winning, and they're just coming in and expressing in song what God did to them out during the week, waiting for God to fill them up from the preaching of the Word of God. Hey, soul-winning will change your singing. I said a fallen harvest results in the sadness and lack of joy. A fallen harvest results in no singing. Third, a fallen harvest results in no shouting. Neither shall there be shouting. Hmm. Why have our independent Baptists lost our shout? Because we lost our soul winning. Come on now. The people that are not shouting right now, hey, are you soul winning? Come on now. Let's just check your record out a little bit. Getting quiet now. Because there's something about soul winning that puts a shout inside of you that you enjoy preaching. Listen to me. The truth, listen, I, I love preaching. Why? Because I love soul winning. Because I know preaching changes lives. And there's a shout that comes inside. Somebody says, Brother Donnelly, are you always that energetic? No, I resurrect every morning at 4.30 in the morning. Get up and study the Word of God. But let me tell you something. I get out there and go soul winning. And there's a shout that comes inside. Well, how many of them mean it? As many as you are one. Well, you must be one of those one, two, three, pray after me people. No, no, no. I've never gone like this, Brother Cox. Ready? One, two, three, pray. Come on now. I refuse to let a bunch of lazy Calvinists out there shame me into not going so with it. 
Listen, if they spend as much time trying to keep someone out of hell as they are trying to criticize the soul winner, they might see somebody saved. Well, who's chosen? Everybody. Whosoever will may come. See, our problem in our independent Baptist churches is we're trying to attract. Jesus never tried to attract. Jesus went to where they are. Immediately after he was, when he started his ministry, after spending 40 days and 40 nights, his first act was he came down by the seashore and started soul winning. Why? Because Jesus was setting the heartbeat for the church. Hey, the primary purpose of the church is to go soul winning. And isn't it interesting, as Jesus started going so winning and reaching the lost, then the crowds began to attract because something was happening. Listen to me, my job is not to attract, my job is to reach and God will bring them our way. Had a preacher call me up not long ago, known him for years, good man. He said, Brother Domley, he, he, he's seen some of the posts on Facebook, and he says, he says, God laid you on my heart. God hadn't laid me on his heart for five years. <laughs> this is on a Monday morning. We just had 19 saved and nine baptized that previous Sunday. He said, God laid, me on your heart, uh, laid you on my heart. He says, Looks like things are going well there in Oklahoma City. I said, yeah, God's good. He said, got a long ways to go. He goes, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I said, well, um, I go soul winning on Monday. I go soul winning on Thursday. I go soul winning on Saturday, and every other day of the week, I'm trying to find somebody walking down the street that I can show how to get saved. I said, I've got a list of people that I follow up all the time. I got four pages of converts that I'm just following up on all the time. And they're coming to church and getting baptized. There's becoming, half of my Sunday school class are people I've led to Christ. He said to me, he said, Brother Donnelly, he says, I, I think that's where I'm missing. He said, I kind of let up in that area. I said, well, then get back to it. Get back to it. Why? Let me tell you something. You, all of a sudden, you go so winning. There's going to be a shout inside of your mouth. And I'm, I'm worried about the preachers that can get riled up about the singing, but never get riled up about the preaching of the Word of God and about keeping somebody out of hell. Somebody ought to get excited about keeping someone out of hell. Well, it's all about the labor. No, it's all about reaching the harvest. Somebody, come on, help me out. I said a fallen harvest results in sadness and lack of joy. A fallen harvest results in no singing. A fallen harvest results in no shouting. A fallen harvest results in ministries dying. Look at verse 10. The treaders shall tread out no wine in their presses. That's the ministries. Nothing's happening. Preacher, what do I do? My bus route is dying. How about go soul winning? 
Preacher, my Sunday school class is dying. What do I do? How about go soul winning? Preacher, my, my church is dying. What do I do? How about go soul winning? Hey, preacher, my ministry's dying. I'm dying on the vine. What do I need to do? Hey, how about go soul winning? A couple weeks ago on a Thursday, it was like one of those days the devil just divided, just decided to do a little gut punch. Had to deal with two people in the same morning. I mean, it was, it was just one of those days. One of my men's son had just committed suicide. And then another man comes to my office and said his wife's leaving him. And I was like, man, that's a rough morning. When I was done dealing with both, I said, there's only one way to get out of this little mess. Jumped in my car. Went down to a street, started knocking on doors, showed someone how to get saved. And all of a sudden, when I was starting to feel a little bit sorry for myself, Brother Gray, all of a sudden that spark began to come again because all of a sudden I realized what this whole thing is about. And let me tell you something. Some of you start trying to find the answers out of, try, out of looking at the millennial crowd and saying, what do we need to do? Hey, just go sowing. Stop trying to look like a golf club, look like a church, go soul winning. I said to my church, this, I'm doing a series on Wednesday nights and how-tos, and this last Wednesday was on how to be a soul winner. I said, when you go soul winning, ladies, put a skirt on. That's decent. I said, men, put a white shirt and tie on. We're not, we're not a golf club. Knocked on a door two months, uh, three months ago. Knocked on a door and an elderly lady came and opened the door and I told her, I said, I'm a preacher down at Maranatha Baptist Church and she said to me, and I began to talk to her about the Lord and led her to Christ and she says, I can go to your church like yours. I go, why is that? She goes, because I wouldn't want one of these guys that has a rock and roll that doesn't wear a tie, that doesn't wear a suit to bury me when I die. A fallen harvest. Results in sadness and lack of joy. A fallen harvest results in no singing. A fallen harvest results in no shouting. A fallen harvest results in ministries dying. But a fallen harvest results in people going to hell. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe hell is real? Okay, if you said yes, when's the last time you kept somebody out of hell? Is hell a place of a real fire? Is hell a place of outer darkness? Is hell a place where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched? Is hell a real place that once they go out there, the very second they're in hell, they'll lift up their eyes in torments and cry out, Father Abraham! Are we just playing church? Or is hell real? Brother Cox, you still drive a bus? How old are you? Why would a pastor of a church still drive a bus and pick up kids? Because there's a hell. Where those kids will go to if somebody doesn't give them the gospel. Why would a missionary stay in the four corners area 
God-forsaken area. Flat. For how many years now? 44 years. Why? I'll tell you why. Because there's some Navajos out there that have a soul. That'll either go to heaven or hell. And when we get so big and so busy that we can't be a soul winner, then we've gotten too big and we've gotten too busy. This past Wednesday, I was visiting a couple of my families in the church and I was just driving by and I was, we were close to another house. I said, let me just drop over here. Dropped over and go visit one other person and the person that, that was supposed to be there, they were not there and some other person answered the door and I thought, who's this person? And I, of course to me there is no mistake. I saw him, his name was Wallace, and I said, hey, Wallace, how's it going today? I said, man, I'm not expecting someone ugly like you. I said, you know, I said, God must have wanted me to come here because the person I wanted to talk to, they're not here, you are. So I got a question for you. If you died right now, are you 100% sure that your past, present, and future sins are all paid for, or do you wonder about that sometimes? He looked back at me and he said, preacher, he said, for the last three days. He said, I, I couldn't get this off my mind. He said, God must have brought you here. And I said, Wallace, this is what we call a divine appointment by God. So let me show you something. And I pulled out my Bible. And I showed him how to get saved. And Wallace bowed his head and prayed and received Christ as the Savior came to church on Sunday morning, big smile on his face. He said, Wallace, how would you like to get baptized and just obey Christ? Anything, what, what, what do I need to do? A couple weeks ago, I was out soul winning and as my normal plan of salvation, I go, to, I go from Romans 6, 23, the first part where the wages of sin is death, and I get down. I said, you know, God shows us a list of people who are going to go to hell. And I turn over to Revelation 21, 8, and I read through that list. I said, where's this lake which burns with fire and brimstone? Where is it? And that person said, it's hell. I said, do you see yourself in this list? And they said, well, not really. I said, let me come down to one. It's called a liar. You ever told a lie? They said, yes. I said, how many lies does it take to be a liar? They said, one. I said, according to the word of God, then as a liar, where are you headed right now? Tears began to roll down their face, and they said, I'm going to hell. And all of a sudden, they just began to cry out, preacher, get me out of hell. Preacher, get me out of hell. Preacher, I don't want to go to hell. I said, hold on. Because God says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, I walked away from that person that day. They had prayed and received Christ as their Savior. 
there's a hell. There's a hell. Let me ask you something. Is the harvest falling in your town? Let me ask you a question. Do you show up for soul winning and then just get out, just kind of hand out a couple tracks and then just go home and just get your chalk in for the week? Or are you going soul winning? I love college football. Roll Tide. An elephant's bigger than a dog. I can tell you that right now. Sit down. But let me tell you something. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Be good. You're okay. You're still bitter over last year. I understand. It don't matter if Alabama played all day Saturday. That's the day I get to go out. Tell some people how they don't have to go to hell. They can go to heaven. They can go to heaven. The harvest is falling. Can you go to the piano? Give me the song book. I think it's page 396. John R. Rice's song. Turn to it real quick. So little time. The harvest will be over any time. Sing it with me.
up standing. Look at the last verse. Can you come help me lead the last verse? Ready the heart.